the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views of the host and guests are their own, and not those of 9.30 a.m. The Answer or Salem Communications. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And good afternoon. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer on an absolutely gorgeous day. With a big old blue Texas sky, we are here at Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevard Road. Ready to talk gardening with you at 308-8867. 308-8867. Calvin already out there helping people. He just he, He's just a, he's a giver. He just he likes to help. And I, I guess so. <laughs> well, it, it's uh, it's an inside joke. He's helping somebody with a soda machine. <laughs> All right, our number is three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven, and Anne has called in already uh, to talk gardening with us at three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Anne, welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. First call of the show. How you doing today? Fine, thank you. But I do need your help. I lost oh, okay. all of my favorite shrubs, my pink powder puffs, to the cold. So I've decided to replace them with something that's a little more hardy, something evergreen, about four by four. And uh, I, I've sort of narrowed it down after looking at plant answers to, I think, the um, Carissa Holly or the, and I may uh, pronounce this wrong, Clara and uh I just wondered if you had other suggestions or of those two, if you had a preference. And we had a bit of a technical difficulty there, so uh, we, we couldn't hear you. So you lost your powder puffs, and you were going to replace them with what? With evergreens that are a little more hardy. And I had gone to Plant Answers and sort of narrowed it down to Carissa Holly or Clara. But I may be pronouncing that wrong. I don't know. But I wondered if you had other suggestions or if the, the, you had a preference between those two. Let's, I always stick with the hollies. Okay. Yeah. And why, why did you pick Clara, Clara, Clarissa over uh, standard? Well, I, I saw it mentioned in the paper yesterday and uh, in one of your gardening columns. Neil's, and, uh, yeah, Neil, uh, that's fa- Neil Sperry's favorite. Yes, yes, and yeah. and I just thought, I, I think the other one, the is it Clara? What? How do you pronounce it? The, the Burford or what? Oh, the other shrub. How do you pronounce yes. it? Yeah. Say it again. Is it Clara? C L E Y E R A. Clara. Yeah, yeah. You got it right. Okay. Um, uh, I, I, I think that one may get a little bit too tall for my spot. It sounds like I'll, it gets six or seven feet tall. 
I'd go with the standard Burford, but um, I don't know, Jerry. Jerry, if you if you like standard Burford or that uh, the other uh, Clarissa. I like uh, standard fine. Yeah. Um, I've had better luck with standard standard Burford Holly than the Clarissa. So you might. And they're both they're both very attractive and they're good good plants. But look at that one. That that would get about your your seven foot. You don't have no, to I don't want it. it seven foot. I want it about four foot. Oh, well, then use the dwarf Burford holly. Dwarf Burford, okay. And uh, this this will be on the south side of a house, not any particular direct sun, but pretty much full sun all day. And that would be fine. all right? Yeah. It'll do well in sun or shade. Okay, and you do think that's preferable to the other shrub. I wasn't familiar with it, but it just sounded interesting. No, ma'am. I, we, we've had a lot of good luck with uh, sta- uh, yeah. dwarf Burford olives. Certainly more uh, <clears throat> disciplined. Yeah, more forgiving and won't freeze. Oh. Okay. Thank you so much. I, I really will miss my powder puffs, though they were so pretty, and the bees loved them, and the butterflies loved them. But I, I guess they just aren't as hardy as some of the others. Well, I, I have to admit I don't know what powder puffs are. What's another name for them? Uh, well, all I have on the uh, – I saved the tag that came on them – says pink powder puff and then in quotes nana which i assume is the variety and they had little deep pink uh cotton ball sized flowers that were so pretty and then went to sort of a wine colored berry after that and just just stayed so pretty all year long from one phase to the other and as i said that i would see dozens and dozens of bees and butterflies around them Hmm. Yeah, the, and the, they, and the nana and they froze down, right? Yeah, the nana indicates that it was a dwarf, but um, uh-huh. well, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I still still not clear cool. to me what that variety. I mean, what kind of species that is? Caliandra. Uh, so I looked under uh, powder puff, and it came up powder puff trees native to South America. No, uh, no, that them. Um, okay. No, this is this is a shrub. I'm sorry I don't have any more information because that's the only name on it, and uh, I don't, uh, let's see it. Okay. But anyhow, okay. I thank you for your help, and I'll probably just stick with the yeah. standard dwarf Burford holly. Yeah, no, your, no, no, no. Just the dwarf. No, just the dwarf. Dwarf Burford. Standard dwarf. is the tall one. Okay, and you so want, want dwarf Burford. Dwarf Burford holly, and yeah. that is preferable to the Carissa. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for your help. Okay, well, thank you for calling and listening. Yeah, thanks, Ann. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And it shouldn't shouldn't influence your decision, Ann, but if they are on sale here at Millburgers. Get out of here. Yep, and the three-gallon container dwarf Burford holly is just eleven eighty-eight. Three-gallon? Uh, what's that? Uh-huh. Wow. Okay, That's good. a big one, big root system. Oh, good. Okay. And did you hear that? Um, all right. So Dwarf Yopon and Dwarf Burford on sale, 1188, three-gallon container. All right, 308-8867. That's our number, 308-8867. And toll-free, it's 866-308-8867. Give us a call. Be a part of the show. Yes, sir. Well, I was just thinking for those uh, uh, butterfly advocates, uh, Milberger's new 
butterfly garden is almost complete. Yeah, that's most what I hear. Most of it's planted. And the other thing is uh, there's still some tropical milkweed left. And right underneath us here is mist flower. So I rate mist flower as uh, the top in terms of a nectar. I mean, it just when it's blooming, it's just covered with flowers, with butterflies. Then zinnias are second. And then I think milkweed is third. Uh, and then a little later, we'll get some of that porterweed again. That was porterweed doesn't, the flowers aren't flashy, but it was really <laughs> interesting. And Jerry brought it, brought it up that it had, a, a, supposed to have the most potent nectar, one of the most potent nectar sources. And it sure, the, the way the butterflies fought over it late in the summer, it sure verified that. So those four, if you got room for milkweed, mistflower, as large as zinnia uh, bed bedding areas you can uh, find, and then for some interesting, different looking, the porterweed, you'll really get the butterflies. And then of course horse herb. Do you plant porterweed? I mean, uh, that uh, mistflower at your house? I do. I just planted Is it a reseeding annual? It, it, I haven't had it recede, but it spreads. I just last year was the first year I. I you mean landed. under from underground? You mean the root system? Yeah. From the root system? Yeah. So I had a, I planted a plant that's like this one gallon plant that's yeah. here, and now it's. But it doesn't come back the following year. Yeah, this year it did three, and it's uh, I had two of those, and now they're about three foot by three foot. Yeah. And spreading. Yeah. yeah right. So, there is oh. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say we've got a call, and we'll get to it in just a second. But we've got the I see a dwarf pink powder puff tree produces showy red mimosa light flowers continuously throughout the year. The small to medium sized naturally evergreen tropical shrub makes a wonderful container plant um, where not hardy and may be used for continuous wing flower bonsai specimen. It says hardiness zone is 9B, 10, and 11. <laughs> Is that? That's a little south. Oh, is it a little south? Yeah, I was wondering. Like the equator. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. Wow. (laughs) Prefers acidic, mildly acidic, neutral, and mildly alkaline soil. So it sounds like she'll have more success with the uh, the Yeah, as far as freezing. All right, 308-8867. Jerry is on the line at 308-8867. Hi, Jerry. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Been out in the yard and came in. It's not too hot now. Um, I have a question about sago punk. I have one that's planted in the ground, and it's bright green, growing great. The other one I have in a pot. They're on one's on one side of the deck, one's on the other. And the one in the pot, the fronds are, you know, brown. I don't know if it was from the freeze or it's And, just and what, what's there. the plant again? What's the plant a again? I missed. Oh, sago palm. Yeah, the, uh-huh. the, the brown leaves on there are from freeze, the freeze. Okay, so I just yeah. have to, it's going to be just a new, the new growth coming out because they're all, most of them are brown. But even yeah. in the summer, the one in the pot, is always turns the leaves or fronds always turns brown. Does it should it be better in the ground? Well, it's the pre- sago palm. Yeah. In a pot. 
It's yes. probably not the fact that it's in the pot. It's where the maybe where the pot is located. Although they get are running out of water. Yeah, they get a, they too get, much water. They get root bound. Yeah. So there's yeah, all, this all one's kinds of factors. Root bound. So just put it in a bigger pot. Um, that 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 always seems to benefit them. But they, of course, it's not practical to have a. Well, I guess you could go a half whiskey barrel, but uh, the, ba- yeah, you know, the bigger the bigger pot, the more difficult it is. I think I'm going to, to a black molasses tub with holes in the bottom. Yeah, that's that'd be better. That the only well. thing is gonna yeah, it's gonna be hard to transplant that. We'll do is just have to tie the fronds together, I guess, in a bunch. Yeah. But you think it? Do they need a lot of water? No, no, they don't need much, don't need a lot, but uh, it needs to be well drained for sure. Yeah, and you, th- that means you can water it frequently, but you don't want it soggy for sure. They don't, well, they, they don't put up with sure that. That container has holes in it that it can drain, and uh, last year I put an umbrella over it in the afternoon, and that seemed to help. The fronds didn't get oh. near. Give it a look. Uh, we're, we're talking. We're still talking about sago palm, right? Yes, right. <laughs> it it should take full sun. No yeah, problem. This, yeah, this one just it looked like it got burnt. It probably maybe got too dry. Or the okay, I, I'll try I, the bigger pot. I think it's the freeze. It. Uh, it last year it even did. It the the, the fronds all got brown in the summer. So it probably got. Usually, sago palms are pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Well, I'll put it in a bigger container and. Yeah. Try. Yeah. Try something different and see. Uh, It never hurts to put it in a bigger container. Okay. All right. Good luck. All right. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you. You you take care. All right. Let's get to Virginia on the line real quick at 308-8867. Hi, Virginia. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I have some. uh, I'm pretty good. I have some questions, uh, but I was talking about uh, milkweed, misflower, and some sort of zinnia and quarterweed. I don't know what kind of zinnia and what in the world is quarterweed. Well, quarterweed... It's kind of a specialty. Jerry and I, for 10 years, made fun of porterweed and Paul Cox because Paul said it's a plant we should use more of. And it, uh, <laughs> if you look at it, it's a strange-looking thing. It's got these long stems, and then it blooms for a long time, but you get about an inch of bloom, bright, intense colors. And then the, and just as, as we mentioned, the nectar is really potent, so the butterflies just cover it. And the bloom is like real it. small. Is this a wild yeah. plant, or? Um, it's an ex- it's an exotic. Oh. Um, and yeah, it is. It's the, the, there's various species. There's uh, they call them dwarf and regular, but they're actually different from different places. Uh-huh. Um, so there, you got to kind of watch at the nurseries. They're not yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I've never They're heard. And the zinnia was a particular kind of zinnia. Oh, the zinnia, any uh, any kind of zinnia is good. But the, the one that I found, uh, cactus zinnia, California oh, uh-huh. giants. The big, the bigger the flower, um, the better. The more bare. Now, yeah. some of the, some of the hybrid varieties like the. Uh, 
the dreamlands in you, they like it fine, but they really like it when it reseeds and all those parent genius uh-huh. come back. They're not nearly yeah. as attractive as the dreamland, but the, uh, for some reason the nectar is easier for the or seems to attract more butterflies. That may just be, that may be an anecdote, but I just <laughs> when I watch what they which is in you, they like the best. They like the California Giants. The, uh-huh. They like the old-fashioned ones, plus the reseeded parent materials from the hybrids. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have some questions of my own uh, now. and uh, I have chrysanthemums that I bought, you know, with the daisy-like flower and the, the regular chrysanthemums that you get at the florist. And uh, the problem is uh, they're... Some of the plants look good. Some of the plants look two-tone, like they got lighter green around the outside edge. And I don't think they're made like that. I think there's something wrong with the fertilizer or something. They got the. You talking about the foliage is two-tone? Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, they're going to bloom again, all of them. But I mean, right now they're in bud, but they're not open yet. But I don't know about this. If they got a fungus in them or they're the blue shirt. Okay, uh, it could be, it, are all of them like that or just one or no, two plants? No, just some of them, just some of them. That's why I don't think it's because of variety. I think there's something going on with some of them. Are they in containers? Uh, in a raised bed, all together. In a together. raised bed. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're basically side by side and some mm-hmm. are showing yeah, that foliage yeah, and yeah. some are mm-hmm. not. Yeah, well, there's a gap in between them, but, I mean, I don't know what's going on. And I give them all the same fertilizer, so I don't... Yeah, I, I don't think that's anything to worry about. Okay, nothing catching? No, no. Okay, uh, and the last thing, is there a mild systemic uh, stu- uh, substance that you can buy to put on plants to... I have one plant I've been trying to grow for a year and a half. It basically, I don't know how it lives. It has no roots. And... uh I'm looking for something. If it's a worm in there, I want to kill the worm that's in the plant. If it's a fungus or something like that, I want to get rid of that. But I want the roots to grow, and I don't know how to get it. It's a dragon fruit, but it's only six inches long. It's a year and a half old, and it has no roots. And every time it gets roots, you know, it's just like they're fried. Wow. I would say that it's in a container, right? Right, a little container so I can keep, you know, track of what goes in and out of it, you know, and it's, it's I, nothing going on. I mean, I, just, I think you should grow it on, keep it on the dry side. For a dragon I, fruit? I, I, bet, I bet you're rotting the roots off, aren't you? No, no, it, it's, I try to keep it, you know, not too wet, not too dry, I, I, good drainage, you know, everything. I, I just wonder if it ain't like nematodes or something like that. I could get rid of them. No. Well, the, the rot, the root rot Cherry's talking about would be a, basically a fungus, but well, the fungus side doesn't roots, always. Yeah, look doesn't at the roots. It looks just like uh, it's like mummified. You know, they're gold colored and mummified, and uh, dragon fruit roots are black, I think. So. Mm. Well. That that is a when roots when they get root bound or in plants here at the nursery when they get packed with roots uh-huh. um, they get yellow and coarse uh-huh. and don't function but they don't uh-huh. rot usually 
Uh huh. Uh, so you, why don't you, why don't you take a, why don't you follow Jerry's advice and try, try going one or two steps drier. Uh huh. Or, or, or do repot it. Uh huh. Put it in, put it is in it a, a big, kind Is it a big plant or? No, it's about six, <clears throat> maybe a little right over there? six inches long, and it's about uh, less than a quarter it. inch thick. Oh, there. Yeah, we it, it's just, okay. it's alive. I don't know how it's alive. It's alive. <laughs> okay, I, I, it, it's possible it's nematode, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm like Kevin. I, if, if, if it's that, if it's that smaller plant, I'd go ahead and, and uh, try to and uh, go ahead and repot it. Okay. Is there anything that can encourage it to grow roots? And maybe if it is nematodes, because there's no way to get rid of the nematodes if they're already in there. Is there any way to encourage the nematodes to go away? Well, you can you can get rid of the root, uh, nematodes in the in the potting mix. That's why we're uh-huh. talking about repotting it. Uh huh. Okay. Um, and uh, you say it doesn't have many roots anyway, right? No, not not any functioning roots. It's just like a little string there, about an inch long or less. And uh, that's one like one little root. <laughs> that's <it>. yeah. <laughs> you'd you'd probably if it was nematodes, you'd probably be able to see some Not. kind of symptom. Uh-huh. Yeah, unless 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 they were so bad there that they actually caused the root to rot. Uh, yeah, well, a that of, could be. A lot of times the on tomatoes, they'll do that. Oh, they do. Yeah. But okay, uh, well, they actually cause they they actually feeding uh, on the roots so. Thickly Can they that, go uh, into the plant? Itself? Yes, ma'am. The, the, they uh, they they go they lay their eggs into the root into the root system, mm-hmm. and that's what causes the knot. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's there's several types of nematodes. Right. Uh huh. But the root knot nematodes are the ones that cause the knots on the roots of tomatoes and things. Uh huh. Well, it had a little bitty knot, but I mean, it didn't look like. You know, a bigger knot. You know, it was really tiny. Well, there wasn't much root there to make a knot. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. maybe it didn't have to. Go ahead and repot it. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, uh, any, any way you see those knots. Uh, take them off. But, yeah, take them off. Okay. All righty. All right. Well, Good thank luck. you very much. See, see if that Thank helps. you. Hey, we got to take a break. While we do, you give us a call at 308-8867. We're going to talk to Dennis right after we take this break. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road telling you about the second weekend of Millburgers' big anniversary celebration. What does that mean? It means for 39 years, Millburgers has been helping San Antonio gardeners find the plants, products, and professional advice they need to create a beautiful garden. This week at Millburgers, you'll find terrific savings to celebrate the anniversary. One of the things that's very, very popular is this week at Millburgers, you'll save on Myers lemon and Mexican lime in the 12-inch pot. Ready for this? 1588. That's a savings of 60% and one of the lowest prices you'll see 
anywhere on these terrific citrus. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Bougainvillea hanging baskets and Bougainvilleas. You'll save on Gold Star Esperanza and Bells of Fire. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Texas Autumn Sage. You'll save on Lantana, Impatience, and Texas Superstar Roses. That's all this week during the anniversary celebration at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Bull Road. And now, a word from Bob Jenkins of Bob Jenkins Pest and Lawn Services. Hi, I'm Bob Jenkins of Bob Jenkins Pest and Lawn Services. And we at Bob Jenkins say safety is our first concern. As stewards of the environment, we believe in protecting the ecosystem by defending and protecting your home from pests and keeping your lawn healthy and weed-free. Wait a minute. I'm Bob Jenkins of Bob Jenkins Pest and Lawn Services, and we take pride in our customer service and have for over 30 years. It's no wonder we at Bob Jenkins have won the Super Service Award 10 years in a row. I'm sorry, but I'm Bob Jenkins of Bob Jenkins Pest and Lawn Services. When you call me, Bob Jenkins, we'll find and fix the problem you're having. If it's rodents, insects, stinging bugs, or if you need help killing weeds and bringing your lawn back to life, Bob Jenkins is the answer. Call Bob Jenkins Pest and Lawn Services today and ask about their 20% off special on lawn fertilization and weed control and $20 off a lawn aeration. 210-979-PEST. Jenkins Pest. I'm Bob Jenkins, and we are making San Antonio's lawns green again, and I approve this message. How would you describe your health care? If you're like most Americans these days, the word affordable isn't top of mind. Well, here's some good news. There's actually a trusted health care option that is affordable. It's called MediShare. Unlike insurance... MediShare is Christian Healthcare Sharing, a community of more than 200,000 believers across America who share each other's medical expenses. It's about half the cost of insurance, and it's fully acceptable under the law. And here's the best part. Because MediShare is based on biblical principles, you never pay for things that go against your beliefs. MediShare is affordable health care for Christians. Learn how thousands of Christians can help you save on your health care. For your free information guide, call 844-41-BIBLE. Not available in Montana. MediShare, affordable biblical health care. Call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM. The answer, 308-8867 is our number, 308-8867, and Dennis is on the line. Hey there, Dennis. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. How are you all doing? Good, good. How can we help you? Okay. I also Googled up uh, the powder puff because I came in at yeah, the in that what, conversation, and I came up with a tweet, find? but then, well, then I Googled purple powder puff flower and I came up with I found mimosa frigelosa I think like a mimosa yeah right frigelosa and and it is a bush with a purple flower oh okay is that what the powder puff yeah he he googled purple powder puff and got that yeah well certainly the flowers of a mimosa do look like a powder puff 
So uh, it's is probably there a, right. Is there a mimosa-like shrub or bush? Yeah, oh, there's, yeah, there's a million of them. Oh, okay. But they, none of them do real well. Oh, okay. Exactly the kind of experience she had with them. They'll look good for a while, and then they'll, well, they get a virus, I think. Oh. Well, what I thought it was a perennial. Perennial, yeah. Or, okay. yeah, well, it's a, there's a tree. I mean, there's a, a tree that if you go to East Texas, they last a long time, but. Here, you know, you might get three years, four years out of them. But, yeah. well, thanks, sir. I'm, I'm, I have a feeling it's still the recommendation is probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those plants that you, uh, if you really enjoy it, then you just replace it when you, when we have a freeze like we had, or every couple of years. Dennis, is there anything we can help you with? No, that'll do it. Thank you very much. Cool. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thanks for Dennis. Is this Dennis in Austin? No. In San Antonio. Oh, this isn't. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've got a Dennis in Austin. We know helps, two Dennises now. That helps, uh, helps us a lot. We're looking up stuff on the Internet. Thanks, Dennis. 308-8867 is our number, 308-8867, and toll-free, it's 866-308-8867. Don't forget, next Saturday, David Rodriguez will be here from 1030 until noon. He'll be doing one of his EarthKind seminars, and this one will be on Turfgrass 101, everything you need to know about having a beautiful lawn. David will talk about from 10:30 to noon, and uh, so is you. Is it will... for adults only? <laughs> it's it's one of David's adult seminars. Is so it yeah, an adult yeah. seminar? Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Uh, it's quite popular. So get there early. Uh, but yeah. So uh, for more information on what he's going to talk about and uh, everything else, there is no cost, no RSVP needed for this one. So just come on out. But go to MillburgerNursery.com. MillburgerNursery.com. Because uh, we are, we're right in the you know the last couple of weekends. Jerry and I have been debating wh- whether you should fertilize or not, and of course it depends on your lawn. Some lawns are ready. I was looking since we've had that conversation yesterday. I was looking at some lawns, and there uh, there were some that still had uh, the bluegrass mm-hmm. trying to go to seed, but I could see the San Augustine coming yeah. in, and the, of course the Bermuda's moving in from where it's getting moisture in the warmer areas so there's probably there probably are some lawns out there that are far enough along uh, or didn't didn't go dormant during the uh, the freezes during the winter and they may be ready to fertilize but generally we were thinking that uh, um, you know a couple weeks certainly won't hurt you get uh, you just get more efficient use of the nitrogen in them. Right. And that's why we say mow real grass twice. That that uh, indicates that you've got a lawn growing capable of transpiring and uh, the roots are uh, large enough that's going to take up the nutrients. So it's a conservative way to do it and the environmentally appropriate way to do it and most efficient way to use fertilizer on your lawn. See, there, there. I, I have to keep remembering back why we rec- our recommendation of mow the real grass twice before you put on your fertilizer. And uh, the reason we made that recommendation is because years ago, uh, I think Dr. Beard, uh, B-E-A-R-D, at A&M, 
they were doing some studies on uh, St. Augustine grass, and 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 they they real they realized <laughs> they realized that uh, that the uh, the the St. Augustine actually loses its root system in the early spring, and then has to reinitiate reinitiate its its root system. Uh, so without a root system, of course, it can't take up the nutrients uh, as fast as as much. So that's why we say recommend. It's not because the grass is not actively growing, but it's in that phase of reinitiating the uh, the root system. Hey, we got a question, sir. Sir, can we ask your question on the air? We're doing a radio show. Here you go. You'll grab that. You'll be on the air, and these guys can help you. What you got there? Yes, I have a weed in my backyard. It a looks, weed? Yes. This is part of the sustainable winter <laughs> turf grass. Yeah. It's, uh, it it looks like St. Augustine, but it's not. I have St. Augustine in my backyard. Yeah, this is res- rescue grass, which yes. we talk about, which is a weed. Yeah, and it gets co- getting real coarse now as it tries to go to seed. Um, so you got some choices. You when can it, mow it. That's the easiest thing is just to keep mow mowing it. it, and it'll decline another, what is it, first of April. Yeah, it'll be completely gone by the end of April, but it'll be, you know, you'll still be there, but it doesn't like the heat. Okay. Now, next year, if you want to prevent it, you can put down a pre-emergent herbicide. It's relatively easy to... Like a, a maze or halt or dimension. It's been green all winter, honey. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're not going to convince him to. <laughs> I'm on mine. I'm on mine every two two weeks, and it's real easy in the early part of winter yeah. because it, it grows nice, lush green and not very fast. Yeah. Right, right now it's going nuts. Yeah, I mow it, and three days later it's back yeah. up. Okay, I appreciate it. Yeah, Thank you. Now you can. Now, actually, in the lawn, you really there's not really much you can do with it now, and it's not going to last long, so it's probably not the most efficient thing to to spray it. Now, if you you were in the shrub border, you could uh, you could try one of those uh, contact herbicides that are for lawn gra- for that just kill grasses, but I, I I probably wouldn't recommend that with just a month left. Just keep mowing. Keep mowing. Okay, I and appreciate just, it. Just, yeah, thank you. Just learn to squint and don't look too close and, say, and appreciate what a nice color lawn I have this winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's All that right. working for you? Thank you, guys. Okay, thank you thank for coming you. by. 308-8867. Like your shirt, 308-8867. Toll free, 866-308-8867. Yeah, well, sorry about that. What happened? Nothing. I meant to bring number four down and brought oh. down number two. Uh, I want to mention uh, Calvin's uh, great column in yesterday's paper on my my essay on page uh, under section C at the back of the sports section. So if you take the newspaper and he talks about several several articles several uh, topics in there, tomatoes being one does a good job of listing all the tomatoes that uh, we recommend and. I pointed out to everybody yesterday that uh, that we have we it's important that we have local gardening information in the paper 
because uh, a lot of times uh, with people like Neil Sperry, who has to write for the whole state, uh, put their they don't they're not aware of our uh, uh, tomato and and uh, recommendation list for for down here, and uh, and they're and they're, they're more more important than that. They're really only available around here, and. Uh, that uh, 968 uh, BHN 968 that uh, Calvin so uh, Calvin likes quite a bit. A lot of people like the flavor of it, and everybody likes the production of it. Uh, we've got a good supply of those in uh, for for uh, so if you, if you've been looking for some, I had a call yesterday when I when I mentioned that on the air that. Uh, Somebody was coming over this morning to get some VHS yeah, 968 because they, everybody's been looking for them, but they haven't been able to find them. Yeah, you're, the you're, new shipment there's here. plenty here now, but like in three or four days or yeah. next weekend. Oh, yeah, they'll cause, be gone. Because it's, it's not a, uh, a plentiful seed source, and uh, and uh, those of us uh, that really like it uh, wouldn't want to go a season without having some. Hey, we got Jay on the line at 308-8867, 308-8867. Jay, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Doing fine, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Uh, I'd like to ask a question. I have a, a ficus, uh, two small ficus trees that I planted uh, approximately two years ago, and they're in five-gallon uh, uh, pot. But um, just the other day, I was... I was checking them out, and they look like the limbs are, or rather, uh, they're real brittle. Did the, do you think the freeze got to them, and and they're done with? Are they are they brown? They are brown. Ficus? Uh, you left it outside in the cold? Yes, sir. Yeah, oh yeah, it's dead as a hammer. <laughs> oh, is yeah, it? Okay. Oh yeah, that's, that's a that's a house plant. Well, and it's a, even a sensitive house plant. You move yeah. it around in the house yeah. and it drops leaves. Oh. But certainly, yeah, it certainly oh. wouldn't like the it, whole it, cold it's weather. It's possible that it could reach proud, but I'm, I'm, if you're a bed man, you'd bet that it's not going to reach proud. Okay, I got it. All right, thank you guys for your help. I'm sorry. Thanks, Jay. Sorry about that. Sorry, Jay. All right, 308-8867 is our number, 308-8867. We're going to take a break. While we do, you give us a call at 308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up with Dr. Calvin Finch, Dr. Jerry Parsons. I'm Milton Glick. We're live at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Boulevard Road on 930 AM. The Answer. It's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road telling you about the second weekend of Millburgers big anniversary celebration. What does that mean? It means for 39 years, Millburgers has been helping San Antonio gardeners find the plants, products, and professional advice they need to create a beautiful garden. This week at Millburgers, you'll find terrific savings to celebrate the anniversary. One of the things that's very, very popular is this week at Millburgers, you'll save on Myers lemon and Mexican lime in the 12-inch pot. Ready for this? 
1588. That's a savings of 60% and one of the lowest prices you'll see anywhere on these terrific citrus. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Bougainvillea hanging baskets and Bougainvilleas. You'll save on Gold Star Esperanza and Bells of Fire. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Texas Autumn Sage. You'll save on Lantana, Impatience, and Texas Superstar Roses. That's all this week during the anniversary celebration at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Bulverde Road. Dale Wamsley explains what happens when the government gets involved in your money. Cycles have normal restrictions upon them. And if it was a pure and open marketplace, you could count on cycles to keep us going in the right direction in a safe zone forever. But my friends, when the government gets in and gerrymanders the world, cycles are not pure. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, weeknights at 9 on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Come see the all-new Furniture Now. This store is gorgeous. Furniture Now has a huge selection of sofas, bedrooms, dining rooms, kids' furniture, and certain mattresses. You're going to love Furniture Now because we have what you want and we deliver it fast. We are becoming San Antonio's number one furniture store. We are open seven days a week. Our warehouse is in the same building, so you don't have to wait. Bring your truck and take it with you or use our fast delivery service. We deliver your furniture within 24 hours every day, even on Saturdays and Sundays. Yes, we deliver on Sundays. See store for details. Check out our full-color circular online at greatfurniturenow.com. People shop all over town, and they come back to Furniture Now. Take a short drive over to the northwest side. You'll be glad you did, so come to Furniture Now today. Evers Road and Loop 410, greatfurniturenow.com. Hi, I'm Jono. And I'm Pammy. After more than 10 years of serving South Texas as Delightful Blinds, we've grown to serve you better. We changed our name to Delightful Decors, Blind Shutters, floors and more and we invite you to our brand new showroom at 3009 and 35 in shirts without the big box environment and no beeping forklifts but even after opening our new store we still come to you delightful decors is your cozy local mom and pop one-stop shop for all your installed foundational home decor projects and we carry the top name brands of blinds shades drapery and shutters check out our power view motorized treatments that allow you to operate your shades from your phone and now through april 14th you can save a hundred dollars or more with our Hunter Douglas Energy Smart Style Savings Event. Get, Get delighted, delighted with, with Delightful, delightful Decors. decors. Lays out the guidelines on getting a new health care bill passed. You can only pass this bill with Republican votes. Not one Democrat vote's going to happen. It's got to fit within reconciliation. It has to re- relate to taxes and spending, and it cannot make the deficit worse. There are a couple other, and it can't deal with Social Security. You can keep the bill as it is, but there are some changes you have to do. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5, right before Mike Gallagher at 8 on 930 AM. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 930 AM. 
The answer, our number, 308-8867, 308-8867. Toll free, it's 866-308-8867. It's a nice, busy day here at Millburgers, but still, uh, actually, uh, we'd love to see you. Come by and visit us at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Say hello, ask your gardening question in person, or call us at 308-8867. We would be remiss unless we mentioned onions, you know. We may oh, talk we a are, little. No radio show talks more about <laughs> onions than we do. <laughs> oh, we, we talked about it yesterday, and Calvin got a good little blurb in uh, yesterday's paper. Said that uh, I hate to think I'm contributing to the, uh, <laughs> the continuing. I'm That's the only reason saga. I'm bringing it up is because Calvin had it in his arms. Yeah, we were ready to move on. But uh, <laughs> most important. <laughs> The most important thing he mentioned, he said, make sure there's six inches between plants, especially if you plant it early and you've got uh, four, uh, four to six leaves on that onion plant. Uh, you need them six inches apart, at least six inches apart, because... Um, Those bulbs are going to... The bulbs are going to expand, and they're, they're beginning to expand now. Uh, and so... They kind of they almost, as long as the top doesn't fall over the bulb, and you're keeping the fertilizing, uh, the bulb is 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 expanding. Yeah, it's, they almost explode because I always I remember them when they're at this stage. The next thing I usually remember is that they're pushing it against each right, other and getting, right, getting right. big, and uh, so at some point they they really start that expansion, and we're close. And uh, and I mentioned the fact that when you when you thin them when you go ahead and thin them, uh, cut cut the ones off that you that you're taking out. I mean, if right under the right under the bulb or right where the root system comes out of the the uh, bulb, you use a sharp knife and cut those out rather than just pulling them out of the ground and disturbing the root system. He's he's saying the time. For thinning by using green onions is past. Yeah. And you know, because that will disrupt that root system that's right. trying to maximize it. So. But of course, you, the ones you cut out, you use the green onions too. Oh, the the the, tops. the ones that you thin out yeah. can be used. Oh, okay. Onions. So you're saying you can. Uh, can kind of go under the ground a right, little bit. Right, yeah, right. all you're trying to not do is disturb right. that root system. Right. And uh, you, you've, you've mentioned many times that the onion root system is very shallow, and in fact that they can grow. The basically the bulbs grow on top of the ground. Right. Right. They do. Yeah. So, uh, so that we're doing we're doing an experiment, regardless of how deep you planted them. You know, people always say, "How deep do you plant an onion?" Uh, it's my contention that uh, no matter how deep you plant them, they'll still bub on top of the ground. So well, we've got a experiment growing at the children's, children's garden and uh, uh, that will plant. I bet that impresses sun. the kids. Well, they have experimental beds out oh. there. The, kid, the kids are not having to do it. And we've got some planted uh, the right way, you know, knuckle deep. Couple of inches deep, and then we got some planted twice that deep. And uh, right now they all look the same as far as growth growth pattern is concerned. But uh, I, I never have, have seen any any work done on on how deep to plant an onion. I imagine because they they all bub right on top of the ground. And uh, I have seen. 
and uh, almost in extension publications where they talk about uh, in, in heavy clay soils, remove the soil around the onion bulb, or, or, and my grandmother used to do this, so the bulb can get larger. I don't think that's right. I don't. I don't think that 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 matters one way or the other. Seems what a pain. I don't know. <laughs> hey, uh, we've got. Remember, if you listened yesterday, I, I'm sorry. Did I? Remove the oh, soil sorry. from around the onion to cause it to have a bigger bulb. The key to a bigger bulb is fertility, uh, continuous fertility, and uh, and uh, water, 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 and and uh, and, and thinning, nutrient spacing. Make him stop. Make him spot. All right, we're going to we're gonna change the topic. Yes, if you listen, if you listen uh, stop it. No more. <laughs> We've been contacted by the authorities, and apparently there's only so much. The FCC only allows so much onion talk. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a legal thing. Okay. Okay, so yesterday we had a Slightly call. more than you can do for rutabaga talk. Yeah, slightly more, but not much. Um, the um, about a uh, bird feeding question, so we went to our bird feeding expert, Bill, over there at Wild Birds Unlimited, over there on Hebner and Northwest Military. So we thought we would get you involved in the mystery, Bill. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you guys today? Fine, thank you. All right, you ready for the mystery? Sure. I'm going to let, Cal- let Calvin help me because I remember it sort of, but Calvin probably remembers it better than I do. So we had someone who called yesterday and asked Calvin. He's got a bird feeder, and the bird feeder's on a long, thin metal pole, and he's got a baffle on it. Uh, and he swears by the baffle. He swears by the baffle, and the at 11 o'clock every night, he goes out and he fills it with bird seed. And by morning, it's all gone. There's no casings. There's no nothing. It's just gone. And he wanted to know what we thought might be doing it. And I never. I don't think he said it was all gone, did he? Oh, I thought it was significantly Sn- gone. Significant. Okay. Could tell. But. Okay. So it, something's eating it. And, and he well. wanted to know if there were night birds that would eat it. <laughs> and we couldn't. We, Calvin, said, Calvin said no. But, but you might have a different opinion. So we thought we'd ask you. I my first. Well. Guess was rats, and he he didn't think rats could get by his baffles. And I, of course, I haven't seen his baffles, but I, I've been amazed by what rats can do in the evenings. So, what well, do you think, Bill? If it, uh, I don't think it was a rat, uh, because rat most baffles will stop a rat. Most baffles will stop a squirrel if it's a six-inch baffle or a big, round baffle. What gets around a baffle, unless they're probably 18 inches to two feet long, would be a raccoon. Oh, and, and he did say it was about 12 inches wide. Yeah, so yeah. Well, he did bring up raccoons. Do it. They have to be yeah. about, if it's his, he's got a cylinder baffle, and uh, that goes on, the, he's got it below his pole, I guess, and, and his feet are on top, and if it's 12 inches, the raccoons will get around that easy. Oh. Uh, and and when, raccoons eat at night. Squirrels are all sleeping at night. Uh, and I'm surprised his feeder doesn't wind up on the ground because usually once they climb the pole, they'll unhook the feeder and drop it to the ground. And then it's no, that's easier. smart. 
Yeah, they're they're, <laughs> they're not neat. Um, yeah, and so I would say uh, we we call them stovepipe baffles, but they're long and narrow, and they come in six inch diameter and uh, eight inch diameter and ten inch diameter. And uh, usually the six-inch will stop all the raccoons and squirrels and rats from ever going up a pole. Oh, okay. Yeah, he mentioned that there were no trees within 30 feet, so he didn't think okay. something was... Yeah, so it's... Uh, okay, that's that. See, I knew if we went to Bill, we would get a good answer. Hey, the guy, Bill, I got... If he, yeah. if he gets up and stays up all night and looks out there, he'll see a <laughs> yeah. little guy with a tail and a, and a mask on, and uh, that'll be his culprit, I think. Well, we had somebody call up, Bill, which we thought was pretty fun, and with a raccoon, that would be especially fun to get one of those inexpensive uh, cameras, you know, with electric eye and just right. take, a, take a shot of it. And get the well, that's another way the, of finding out. Right, and it's amazing what reflection goes on of the, the eyes. Yeah. yeah, what goes on in your yard at night is another story. <laughs> <laughs> Do you all sell the, the the cameras for people to kind of hook up and yes, watch maybe on their computer? We have the cameras. They can go. Uh, you know, they use them for different things. They they use okay. them to see what's going in there. Theaters, uh, sometimes they put them inside a Martin house to watch the babies oh. being born and all of that. So it's, uh, well, it's uh, well, you know what nice Steve Brown did? I was telling uh, Jerry and Mel- um, Milton, but Steve Brown get, was into bats, and so yeah. he got a big bat house, <laughs> and he was gonna and he was gonna show it on TV when they had bat action. For three years, he had, uh. <laughs> and every time a, an insect got near the house, he got all excited, but never never a bat. Uh. Finally, he gave up after three years. Well, we sell bat houses. In fact, uh-huh. we have, uh, I think, Earth Day, they're going to have a symposium in Shavano uh, Park. Oh, bats. wow. But, you know, if you want bats, they're always where you don't want them, and sometimes the... Uh, it's difficult to get them in a house. But we, we've got a lot of bats flying around, and I don't sell a lot of Martin houses when I tell people they eat three times as many mosquitoes as a Martin thought about. Oh, wow. So, so, and, and you know, when you think about it, the bats fly out at night and hunt lower to the ground, and that's when a lot of your mosquitoes and insects are out. And the Martins fly out during the day and hunt a little higher. And there's, are you getting lots? I guess everybody should have most of their Martins now, shouldn't they? Um, Most of the Martins are in. However, if they didn't have them last year, they probably got another six weeks to attract them. That's what I was uh, thinking, too. Birds that were born last year arrive 30 to 60 days after the adults do. Hey, Bill, thank you. I'm glad you cleared that up. Hopefully he was listening. He said he might call you, too, so if you get that question. I hope he does. Thanks, sir. Have a good day. That's Bill over there at Wild Birds Unlimited, and they solve problems for people who, uh, that's that's what they are. They're the problem solvers for folks that want to bring nature to your yard. Hey, Bud is on the line at 308-8867. Let's see if we can't answer Bud's question before the the top of the hour. Hi, Bud. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing fairly good. How are you all? Good. Thanks for waiting. What's going on? Uh, I have a number of fire ant mounds or nests in my garden. I tried using uh, spinner sand. 
it didn't work too well. These are old mounds, big mounds. Can I use malathion drench inside the garden? Absolutely. Well, at at, at drench strength. Yeah, yeah. you can. It, it's it, it's a it, technical question because it it's probably not doesn't. Not by the plan. Yeah, but but I know, but it does not list fire ants necessarily. So it, and so, I would use it, but. Uh, well, I have you, used but, it in my. It's labeled. Uh, it's labeled for the garden. It's labeled for most of the vegetables we have. Yeah. Uh, so you. I, I I have used the malathion drench in my compost pile, and that seemed to work a whole lot better. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think you're safe now. Uh, on I the sad, did you did you use it dry, or did you wet it? Or well, the spinosad that I have it comes in a bottle. It's a liquid. You have to dilute it. Right. It says use two ounces per gallon. That's what I did. Oh, okay. I've used I use the granules. Um. And it's certainly not as fast, and I don't find it as effective as acephate, but um, I was just wondering if, if if you use the granules and you wetted them, uh, wet, that, that it might be more effective than, than I, the I experience you had with it. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, uh, I'll, okay. I'll try the malathion. There's actually nothing growing out there right now, at least not oh. close to these ants. Well, then that's uh, no problem. And, yeah, no problem. And this, this this will bring me to my second question. Um, does any um, nursery have Roma Surprise available in the spring? Nope. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have what? Roma Surprise. Oh. <laughs> that, that's a marketing. See, this this uh, is the trouble we get into. When there's we, some yeah. that, That's a marketing scheme, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that is... <laughs> Well, well, the deal they, was we were trying to beat the the fall frost, and it worked. It worked. Our our system worked, and we'll we'll do it again this fall, this coming fall. Yeah. But uh, uh, so since since the seed is so hard to get, and uh, like I said, we we reserve that for the fall. And then there's so many other tomatoes on the market. Well, there are aromas. Yeah, there's regular Roma. Romas, but the the one that with the Roma surprise tastes a, seems a little to better. taste a little better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, Sorry, I, got, I got real lucky. I I have uh, four Roma surprise volunteers. All right. Oh, good. One spot in my garden. Well, and they sure look exciting. good right now. Cool. You'll have to tell us how they turn out. Don't, yeah, don't give anybody your address. Yeah, you'll be. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Bye, Talk to bud. you later. <laughs> and save, save your seed. Yeah, save the seed. All right, hey, listen, we're going to take a break. Give us a call while we do. That number, 308-8867, 308-8867. You're listening to The Answer. We'll be right back. back with Milberger's Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons and uh, 
we encourage you to give us a call. We've had a lot of calls and a lot of great calls and questions, so we want to talk to you at 308-8867, 308-8867, and toll-free, 866-308-8867. Uh, don't forget, David Rodriguez uh, may be calling us in. He said he'd call us if he had some chance, uh, but he'll be here next Saturday doing the Turf Grass 101, one of his free, uh, Barry, three uh, Earth Kind seminars that he does here at uh, Millburgers, and uh uh, he, it's going to start at 10:30 and go to. Uh, um, sorry, I lost my train 12. of thought. To 12. Yeah, I got a. Okay, we got an interesting caller name on the line. I don't know. Okay, 308-8867. Are you distracted, Mel? A little bit. Scrubby is on the line at 308-8867. Are you there, Scrubby? I'm right here. What a great yeah, let me, name. Uh, yeah, well, name I like was. Scrubby? I, uh, well, uh, Mr. Parsons can uh, identify with this. I was named after the cotton crop I was born in. So Uh-oh. it was <laughs> it. And uh, we uh, we got so hungry, we had to come to Texas. There you go. But, uh, yeah, my, uh, I, I'd like to uh, uh, hear more about these uh, fire ants. I would, I would think that... Uh, most people don't know, wouldn't know a fire ant from what we used to call piss ants, and they'll right. eat you up. But fire right. fire ants are not that common around here anymore. Why? And and ants, and I hear you guys telling people how to get rid of ant mounds out in the pasture. Why would you want to get rid of a mound of ants in the pasture? They're, when you bail, when you bail hay, they they get in the bales of hay and then sting you to death when you. When you're trying yeah, but, to deal yeah, with the hay. Yeah, these people weren't baling hay. They were just mowing their pasture. And they found an ant bed, and they said, oh, fire ants. It ain't yeah. necessarily fire ants. And besides, ants do a lot of good. Ants are carnivores, most of them. And right. uh, I don't kill them in my yard, and I don't have fleas, ticks. I don't have anything eating up my tomatoes. If I, because the ants are out there taking care of it. They were doing this long before we started demonizing fire ants. So I don't, I don't, I never hear you guys talk about anything beneficial about ants. Ants are not that bad. So go ahead and clarify that for me. All right, you go. You want to? <laughs> well, I will, I will uh, if you got, if you got a wife or children. And they go out and, and step in an ant mound or something, and the ant fire and sting them all the way up to their thighs. And you don't have to be. If you if you want to stay happily married, you do something about those ants. Yeah, and I, I think I'd big, I think I think your uh, cause is a worthy one, and it's worth bringing up. But uh, I'll, I I think I differ with you on the fact that ants. Fire ants are not common as they used to be. They're, they're very common, and in some places, are really kind of overwhelming. Yeah, that, now, back, like you like you were saying, back in, see, fire ants are an introduced species. They came into, I think, Gulfport, Mississippi. Mobile, uh, Alabama. Mobile, there you go. Okay, down in that country somewhere. But uh, they were introduced and have spread... I guess all over the country, they, I know they're in Tennessee. They weren't, they weren't for, 
20 years ago, they weren't in Tennessee, but they're in Tennessee now. And they're just, just mainly a, a, ha- a hazard to, to people. There's some people that are extremely allergic to them. Well, if they get uh, in your house, they're a big mess. So I don't, I don't let them get near the house. Uh, yeah. If I see them out in the garden, I just go around them. You know, and people in Arkansas didn't get bit more than once or twice. <laughs> Boy, they figured it that, out. Huh? That that's the same thing with poking a hornet's nest with a stick. It yeah. was fun the first time, but but uh, I you know I just like to hear more about uh, in defense of the ants. I don't think they're that bad. And uh, we'll see if we can't we can't give somebody a call and can't take <laughs> okay. defense of the ant. All right, uh, well, we'll we'll get an ant expert on. I'll work they, on that. Uh, they, yeah, they we got really we do. find somebody they, to say good things about ants. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, the benefits of it. I, sure. I, I think this guy, this guy calling in is. He did, he did, he did, he did, he did a really fine. good job. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's an advocate of ants. He speaks for the ants. I'm a, no, I think they were around a long, long time before we decided that they were harmful. How come they didn't? Uh, how come they didn't kill the world before we got here? Well, but we're talking. We're. I think we're talking two issues here: fire ants weren't here very long and they, and fire ants can make it real hard to garden and they make they can be a threat to how do you tell a fire ant from the ones we used to call other kind of ants well how do you tell the difference if people are calling you don't know the difference i'll bet you I'll if, bet an you. Ant, if an ant bites you it's not a fire ant necessarily well i think it's pretty obvious if it is a fire, a fire ant because of the the way they bite and the their feel, yeah, the feeling that you get. Oh yeah, I've seen pretty obvious. To, I've seen That's why I don't, I don't question it because in my yard, you know, uh, I suppose one out of every ten raised uh, uh, containers has fire ants in it, and there's there's hills, especially when we have the moisture we've had. Mm-hmm. There's there's hills. And uh, for the nursery industry, they're they're a problem because they get in the they like to. Build their nest or, or hang out in uh, containers because of that loose mix that's in containers. Well drained, yeah. And uh, because because it's a law that you can't sell uh, containers uh, with with ants in them or fire ants in them and any kind of ants in them. Hey, there's a hummingbird. All right, Mil- Milton's going to schedule you every. Thanks, Grubby. Yeah, Scrubby, uh, yeah, Mil- Milton's going to schedule you every month, and you can yeah. you can give yeah, well, advocate. All right, well, I'll, I'll tell you how my garden is doing without putting any uh, ant killer in it. So okay, I'll I'll bring my tycoons and uh, you know and they do them. loosen the soil. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they will loosen all the right. soil. All yeah. right, I, I appreciate what y'all are doing otherwise, but leave them ants alone, man. Give them a break. All right, all, all right, all right. Thanks, Thank you. Scrubby. This message from the Ant Council is brought to you by <laughs> Scrubby. It was interesting, and he did. You know, y'all have always talked about the fire ants and eating ticks and stuff like that. Well, you? and uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting topic. You could spend two or three shows just talking about like onions. But it is not; they're not environmentally harmless. Uh, you know, like horny toads, and that's, mm-hmm. uh, they're, 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 they have impact on uh, other native. Uh, Wildlife. All I know is they, they are carnivorous, and uh, I know I've seen research done on uh, fire ants and cotton because they eat uh, uh, the bow worms, 
cotton boll worms or what we call tomato fruit worms. Mm-hmm. So they can be a positive. Impact so they, they, like you said, they're carnivorous. So they will eat that. Now, but our proper, the problem is we're a heavily populated area, and um, you're, the chances of contact are, th- are more. Are I think the issue, the issue that, that that he was bringing up though was that there are other ants, and I, th- I think that's the positive thing there's other ants and they they need to be treated differently than fire ants but i i think the issue i disagree with him on is that the fire ants aren't common i no. think fire ants are really common yeah oh yeah and uh, they're an issue here so anyway that's a good it's a good uh, dialogue to continue good and the pro- and the problem the problem is I, yeah. I hate to tell this guy i hate to tell scrubby this but yes uh, the problem is these amdros and these baits kill all ants. In no, other they're, words, not. they're not specific to the fire ant. See, that's why acephase, you know, you just put it on the yeah. fire ant hill, and that's the only one it oh. kills. Hey, Rhonda's on the line at 308. Use copious amounts of acephase. <laughs> 308. Oh, I forgot the number now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 8867. Thank you. Hey, Rhonda, how can we help you? Yes, hi. Wonderful show, especially the discussion on the fire ants and other ants. Oh, I'm calling because I have four uh, pomegranate seedlings, but not in such very good spots. I would like to move them. Is it too late to dig them up and put them somewhere else in a more favorable, uh, more how convenient big are they? to me? Yeah, how Pardon? big are they? How big are they? Uh, about uh, seven, eight inches. Just came up this year. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, really yeah get it, yeah. yeah. Just get a whole shovel full of dirt. I was thinking seven or eight inch trunk. Uh, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> you may as well start now. You might be done by the fall. Um, but, <laughs> you yeah, you can pop those out and put them in a put them in a different location. They okay. try. They transplant relatively easy. Yeah, they would even okay. live. Bigger ones would live, but it's. Um, Easier or better for them if they're done if they're done in the fall, but but those little ones oh. like that you you won't even miss it if you get plenty of soil in the root system, they won't okay. even notice it. And then water them in, soak them in real good, water them in real well when you when you transplant them. Okay, okay, and and to, and I and I think it only came from um, one pomegranate that I found literally in the gutter in the I live in the near northwest side by Jefferson High School, and. Um, my partner and I were taking a walk about seven, eight years ago, and I said, well, it's in the gutter. I think it's public property. I'm going to go ahead and grab one. I, I don't remember how I planted it, whether sideways, upside down, or right side up. I, w- I couldn't tell. I wouldn't know. And um, I, I well, are, we talking, are you talking pomegranate where you, where you take the seed out? Yeah the, yeah, the ones that are beneficial you, to human beings. Okay. The okay, native or I, the... Well, I think it's native. I don't know. I I haven't done anything to it except. Uh, no, she's talking about a, 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 a regular pomegranate. Yeah, regular hey. pomegranate. They're delicious. I give them out, and not this past year, but um, I'm hoping that this crop, this year's crop, is better than last year. But the year before that, I was giving them away to all my neighbors and relatives because I had, I had so many. Anyway, they, they were good. Last year was, was sort of a bummer. But, uh, so why why did, so why did you get this one out of the gutter if you had so many at home? No, I didn't have any. I didn't have any at all. 
Oh, and so oh okay. Years ago, or so, when uh, my partner and I were walking, it was one of my, um, well, about two or three blocks away. Uh, it happened. I happened. It was near a, a pomegranate tree and on a curb or side. Anyway, this one was in the gutter though, and I said, "Well, I'll try and see and plant it, but don't tell me, don't ask me how, I, which way I planted it." But anyway, it's been profuse, and I'm very glad, and, I'm, and it's been a benefit to me and my neighbors. I'm, I'm still. Is it the native Texas pomegranate, or is it the big, big fruited Oriental? I have, I have uh, no idea. How, <laughs> how big is the fruit? <laughs> I have no idea. I, th- I would think it's native because I haven't done anything special to it as far as other than uh, my own garden compost that I feed it in the spring and fall and sometimes in the summertime too. But other than that, I don't spray it. I do have a, uh, my my main enemy are the squirrels, so I did have a, I have a very lightweight plastic, uh, um, what do you call it, wrap around it. Very, you, mm. And on the, from the bottom to the middle, so the squirrels don't get to it so much. But uh, okay, how, b- how big is the, how big is the fruit? The fruit it runs from um, six inches to eight inches, more or less. Oh, Sometimes okay. It's so it's a big, it's a yeah. big fruit. It's a big it, fruit. It, it, yeah, so it's, it's not it's not a native. Fruit. It's not the Texas. No. Fruit. no. Well, some summertime year, some are smaller, oh, but the. Okay. The pomegranates, yeah, and they're they're delicious. I mean, they got that sweet sour tart um, flavor, and they're good. In my, you know, my salads and stuff, and sometimes even raw. And then just put out the seeds. Okay. Well, okay, good luck to you. You can go. You can go ahead and transplant them whenever. Thanks, Rhonda. Okay. In the evening. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for calling. Evelyn's on the line at 308-8867, 308-8867. Hi there, Evelyn. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm good today. How about yourself? Okay. Uh-oh, is that the powder puff? <laughs> Hello? Look, we, yeah, Trace is going to come up here in a minute and, and tell us that we've uh, kind of missed out on something. But how can we help you? <laughs> well, the scrubby just stirred up a fire ant's nest. Uh-oh. Uh, did he ever step in a far ant's nest or any bear while while he stung him really good? Uh, what about I, the- I don't I don't know. Uh, that's what I said. Uh, I was making the point I was making. If he's married or had children, uh, once they get into a mound or something, and and. Uh, uh-oh. Wait a minute. Calvin is... Uh-oh. No, Calvin's showing... Oh. Yeah. Calvin's leg's been chewed up. That's not the side I wanted to see coming up. Uh, <laughs> Did you hear that? No. Okay. That's not the side I wanted to see coming up. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's powder, bro. Yes, what's that? sir. What's that? Go, go ahead. Uh, another thing, though. That one. Uh, I'm from the farm. Well, I lived on the farm for 20-something years. Ready to mimosa. And uh, when a cow drops her calf, if it's somewhere as close to a fire ant mound, they'll eat their eyes out. I know it. I started to mention that. And uh, even they're, they're bad on that, they're bad on quail and. Uh, well, that's just and, what I was going to say. Some birds too. lay yeah, the, make the nest on the ground and they eat the babies up too. Right. You're right. All right. We've got both sides of the story now. Do you? Why do you always have to bring up the bad things about ants? <laughs> 
I don't see anything so, good about the forest. I, I, I want you to hang up and then call back in, a, well, in 30 Eve, minutes Evelyn's with not, good things to say about ants. Evelyn's not against ants in general. She's with me. She's against the fire ants. Uh, the fire ants are the threat, not the the, the other ants. But Jerry brought up a good point. It's hard also. to treat fire ants without uh, affecting the other ants, too. Right. Unless yeah. you do mound treatments. Thanks, Evelyn. Uh-huh. Bye. Okay, so we've heard both sides of the story. Say, Trace, about ants? It's your turn to go vote. Well, I've got lots of uncles and ants. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, 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 my wife would have a problem if I said anything different. Yeah, and see, that's okay. So tell us what you brought up here. It's y'all never, y'all never get ants in in containers when you come into the nursery, right? Very seldom. Fine, fine ants. aren't y'all inspected? If they some, if they sit too. Long, I'll bet they'll. I mean, if something yeah. sits for a while, that they'll get some fire ants. Uh, it could. It could happen. I can't say it won't. But it, are y'all inspected for ants? Fire? We we get people to come by and look at stuff all the time. Okay, uh, for well, ants. Well, stuff. Stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay. Generally, uh, lately, it's been about all about citrus trees. Oh yeah. And, yeah. So, right, let's focus on the powder puff. The first right. question we <laughs> have. Powder puff. That's uh, cute. Related to mimosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's cold forgiving, uh, much smaller, so it's not going to make a tree. It's more of a uh, ornamental perennial at best. Yeah, so we found two of them. I found uh, that one. Is, this a, is, that, is that the dwarf? I don't get, it doesn't get big. Oh, okay. Is this, uh, is this something the butterflies like? Do you know? Is there anything? I do not know if it's on the list, but the bloom sure looks like it would be something. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm thinking it does. All right, so we had told them, uh, suggested to her that she wanted something evergreen um, that was going to get about four or five feet tall, go with a dwarf burford, a dwarf field pond holly. Yeah, those would be good choices. Good, but you have the powder puff, yes, so. We, the powder we did puff. not say dwarf field pond. Oh, we didn't? Oh, I'm sorry. We said oh, I said it was on sale. Dwarf okay. burford, yeah. Just a dwarf burford, okay. All right, 308-8867. But, Trace, what else is going on? You've been busy. Well, it's a, it's a great day in the neighborhood. Lots of color and lots of customers, but there's always room for one more. Okay. So come on down. We've got Plant of the Weekend is uh, Brugsmansia, Angel's Trumpet. So last week we did Detura, which uh, is a Devil's Trumpet. So I figured Yeah. La- last week uh, I did uh, Jerry. And this week, we'll do Milton. So, <laughs> Angel's Trumpet. So this one, the, the blooms dangled down. And I believe we still have five of the colors over there. So there's some uh, Charles Grimald, Double White, Cypress Garden, which looks to be a, a white as well. Uh, Maya, which is a variegated leaf. And it looks like the bloom has a, a pinkish hue yeah. to, the, to the end. And then we have a pink. The pink's real pretty with the these are pinkish. Plant. These are conversation kind of plants. There's you nothing know, else that blooms like this. It's yeah, just put cool. them by the put it by the patio, and uh, people say, "What in the world is is that?" And they're showy enough that you show it. And the for deer a won't eat them. There you go. That's the, right. The, the deer will not eat them. Or deer oh, absolutely will twice. not eat them, and they do, uh, they do pretty well in shade in uh, in filtered light, I would say. But uh, I've seen them in a lot of shady areas. In fact, in in Texas, I think they do better than shade than our filtered light, and especially uh, against the uh, afternoon sun. But uh, let's see, didn't you 
you say or somebody uh, said that I, he had some in the full time? Well, I saw uh, there was used to be some planted next to a store that I ran, and, and they got shade all morning and sun from about 1 o'clock on. Oh, and Lord. They were, that's, that's just opposite from what this But they were spectacular. Be. Oh, yeah. Hey, Trace, uh, next uh, Saturday, David will be here. He will. You want to tell him what he's going to be talking about? It's uh, Grass 101. So everything you need to know about what to do for your grass, how to control the weeds, when to do it, what to fertilize with, what height you should mow the stuff at, because uh, they're all different. Do you know that, Milton? What? You mow, mowing to... heights are different for all the different grasses. Um, so for optimum, optimum circumstances, everything needs well, to be Well, there's a little difference height. of opinion we've noted. Uh, like uh, Neil Sperry has a little difference than Sherry and I do on what is the optimum height? So it should be interesting to hear yeah. what David, what David offers too. Well, he's going to reiterate whatever Jerry told him. So <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> and let's see. So that's at 10:30 to noon. No reservation needed. Absolutely free. But come early. Historically, this is done every season, and this is a very popular presentation. So uh, come to Millburgers only for that 10:30 to noon. And then um, anything exciting coming in this week? Uh, well, I did buy most of the world's supply of uh, dwarf cherry surprise. Oh, good. Yeah. How about eggplant and more pepper? Uh, There's more banana pe- peppers. And- There's more peppers coming. Uh, eggplant, I didn't. I don't recall seeing that on there. Uh, we still got plenty of time. Squashes, but- several squashes and green beans and cucumbers. And I see. Are this you going to have the, the seed? The seed trays are all replenished. Yes. The, so uh, everything. I was in there looking for the uh, old-fashioned zinnias, the California giants, and a cactus. And of course, there's about ten different kinds of uh, zinnia seeds for the butterflies. Any interesting peppers? Uh, well, we'll see if they show up. But okay. They they listed ghost pepper. Yeah, we had a question about that. So I was wondering. Um, but only in gallons. Oh. They only showed ten. So if my fax was the first one in, <laughs> I'm going to have... get them. We'll find out if next mine week. Mine was second in, and um, I'm probably not going to get it. Okay. All right. Well, anything else? This is I, a nice break for you. It is. I know. So we're gonna <laughs> we got to take a break too, though. So anything else exciting that we need to talk about? Things are just jumping up here. Yeah, that's all that comes to mind. Okay. Cool. One, the one thing on this uh, angel trumpet, uh, Brugmantia, uh they're not a so much of a drought tolerant plant. They they to get them to bloom. They they can stand a drought, but uh, they won't bloom as well. They like they like uh, cooler temperatures, and uh, and they they need adequate moisture. They're not a zeroscape plant. They're not they're not a zeroscape. It, it does have a large leaf, so yes, I can imagine it's going to sweat more than some of the other yeah. plants. But they are super fragrant at night. In fact, uh, the old timers used to plant them on uh, I guess the south southwest corner of there uh, next to a window and oh, so, the, and so that the fragrance could blow through the house that's back before air conditioner but uh, they're super fragrant big cool. time fragrant hey, we got to take a break while we do you give us a call at 308-8867 308-8867 you're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch John, we're going to talk to you right after this break on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. 
Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road, telling you about the second weekend of Millburgers' big anniversary celebration. What does that mean? It means for 39 years, Millburgers has been helping San Antonio gardeners find the plants, products, and professional advice they need to create a beautiful garden. This week at Millburgers, you'll find terrific savings to celebrate the anniversary. One of the things that's very, very popular is this week at Millburgers, you'll save on Myers Lemon and Mexican Lime in the 12-inch pot. Ready for this? Fifteen eighty-eight. That's a savings of 60% one of the lowest prices you'll see anywhere on these terrific citrus. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Bougainvillea Hanging Baskets and Bougainvilleas. You'll save on Gold Star Esperanza and Bells of Fire. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Texas Autumn Sage. You'll save on Lantana, Impatience, and Texas Superstar Roses. That's all this week during the anniversary celebration at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Hi, I'm Jono. And I'm Pammy. After more than 10 years of serving South Texas as Delightful Blinds, we've grown to serve you better. We changed our name to Delightful Decors, Blinds, Shutters, Floors, and more. And we invite you to our brand new showroom at 3009 and 35 in shirts. Without the big box environment and no beeping forklifts. But even after opening our new store, we still come to you. Delightful Decors is your cozy local mom-and-pop one-stop shop for all your installed foundational home decor projects. And we carry the top name brands of blinds, shades, drapery, and shutters. Check out our power View motorized treatments that allow you to operate your shades from your phone. And now, through April 14th, you can save $100 or more with our Hunter Douglas Energy Smart Style Savings Event. Get, Get delighted, delighted with, with delightful, delightful decors. decors. Family tradition returns on Saturday, April 8th. Thomas J. Henry Injury Attorneys presents 9.30 a.m. The Answers Extravaganza Easter Egg Hunt at Trader's Village on Southwest Loop 410. Four Easter Egg Hunts for different age groups, over 30,000 eggs, and lots of door prizes. It all begins at 10 a.m., and it's a free event. Sponsored by Country Home Learning Center, Rainbow Play Systems, The Bear Foundation, and La Petite Academy. More details at 9.30 a.m. TheAnswer.com. When it comes to stock market corrections, take this advice. Don't get fooled again. People have lost thousands of their retirement savings again. Robin Hoppus with Big State Financial can show you how to move your money into a safe investment with zero risk and a guaranteed return. Tune into the Big State Financial Radio Show Saturdays, 2 p.m. and Mondays, 8 p.m. Or call Robin today, 210-373-6000. That's 210-373-6000. Or go online to BigStateFinancial.com. This is Lance Hoppus. Join me this Sunday evening from 8 to 10 for The God, Family, and Country Show. This show is a call for all Christians to live as God commanded. A call for a recommitment to your family to pray together and live a Christian life. A call to action in defense of our country, our Constitution, the amendments, and Bill of Rights, which we were given from God. Join me and the revival every Sunday evening from 8 to 10 on 9:30 a.m. The answer. I'd like to introduce you to Karen Bagwell of Blue Rose Christian Counseling, specializing in anxiety, depression, OCD, trauma, grief, and relationships. And Karen, what relationship doesn't have stress? Stress is completely normal, and if managed properly, instead of tearing down, it can be used to build up relationships. So, Karen, where does this building start? Call me, Karen Bagwell, at 210-264-2565. For Blue Rose Christian Counseling. 
BlueRoseChristianCounseling.com. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. We're going to go back to the phone lines. John has been so patient waiting at 308-8867, 308-8867. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for waiting. How can we help you? Uh, I got a question and a suggestion. Question okay. first. Uh, driving up down 281, it, I think it's pecan trees, but do they get blossoms on them? They don't get blossoms. They get uh, catkins, which are the male parts, which has the pollen. And then the it looks like a uh, a lavender color of some kind. No, no, no. They they don't have any, any colorful bloom, and uh, of course uh, they have a little. I I guess the nutlet is a uh, is a bloom. Uh, what are we pecans. Pecans. Blooming. Oh, pecans. He's he's seeing something along. 281 or somewhere that uh, that he thanks pecan trees, but uh, they have a purplish bloom. Oh, that! I know what he's. You do? I know what he's. Not, it's not a. Yeah, it's the. Not an orchid tree. No. They froze back. No, it's a. It's an exotic. Um, Inva- invasive, invasive plant. Huh? It's an invasive plant. Yeah. Uh, I've got, we've well, got them in our neighborhood, too. Uh, send a little if, bit sensitive. If you drive down 281 from the airport, you know where the, the water backs up behind the dam there? Um, they're, they're, some people call them umbrella trees, but and I, I, big tree my, my wife calls them syringa from... South Africa, but they're not really rela- related. This uh, syringa is a lilac, but um, that's not the one that uh, Johnson City Joe loves so much. The uh, China bear, China bear. No, that's it. Oh, is that it? Yeah, China bear. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's got. They're blooming now, and they got. Hello. Did it have a purple bloom, John? Yeah, it's sort of purplish color. Well, it sure sounds like it then. It does, uh, and they're big. But it's they not can. pecan. Yeah, the my pecans in my neighborhood aren't showing any life as far as I, not yet. Okay, because it has it has the the leaves sort of look like a pecan leaf. Right. Maybe yeah. Maybe, maybe That's it's longer. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. probably it. Now, the the suggestion I have. Um, you said you can't uh, deliver pot, potted plants or transport them or whatever if they have ants in them. Well, right. one way to kill all the one way to kill all the ants without using really a poison is to put like about an ounce of orange oil in a gallon of water and just pour it and just drench the pot with that. It'll kill all the ants. Well, the way it's done commercially, it's a thousand and tens of thousands of pots is uh, they use a bait. But uh, as far as uh, you use the baits for the virus, for instance, uh, out at Color Spot Nursery, they actually put on those ambro baits and uh, fly them on with an airplane hmm. uh, over the nursery. Oh. 
I, right. I was out there one. I, I was out there one weekend, and they were said wouldn't let me on the place because they were flying on the Ambro Bates. And uh, I, I, I wish I'd have gotten a picture of that so so we could. But uh, they wouldn't let me on to take a picture. Oh. But any, well, anyway, pretty, pretty. you're you're right on the uh, uh, on I the don't. homeowners, you know, on the uh, home gardeners that uh, that that will any any kind of drench like that, any uh, poisonous uh, drench like that will uh, will kill them. That, well, it's not that, really a poison. It'll just, it melts their, their, their it melts their shell. Well, if you don't think it's a poison, to, to talk to the ants, <laughs> they they don't like it worth a damn. Yeah, it's. No, but I mean, it's it, not poison because it's, it's, it's organic. Yeah, Ar- arsenic is organic too, and it's certainly a poison. No, but when it it dissolves their it dissolves their shell. Oh my goodness! It, can you imagine those little ants down in there? If they had a microphone oh, down yeah. in there, melting? <laughs> their their exoskeleton being dissolved. Yeah, now we're trying yeah. to think of positive things to say about ants, not how to dissolve the, their bodies. Okay. <laughs> All right, you guys <laughs> take care. Thank you, John. You take care. See, the people are not helping. No, I'm not, not I'm not. I'm, I'm not feeling the love here. In terms at at the meeting of the Fire Ant Appreciation <laughs> Society, I have a feeling that Scrubby may be the only member that shows up. Uh, so go online. To I don't think we've ever had any subject that made Calvin throw up his foot. Yeah, I wanted to show, show Scrubby fire my bite. fire iron bites. <laughs> usually, I, my usually my hands are all full of them. But oh yeah, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, well, here's a few. I hate it when they sting me between the fingers. Well, oh. and and I I don't know if it's true or not, but it always seems like they wait, and they all bite at once. They so, do. So that you get. Do they really? Yeah, they do. So you get. They send a signal to yeah, each other to go. Yeah, bees are the same way. We're gonna bite Calvin on three. Yeah. One, <laughs> two. What happened? What happened is the first one that, in other words, they're going up your leg. Okay. And uh, then they get to where your pants touch your leg, and you actually, or you squeeze them, or try to try to kill them. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they they uh, release a, a, is it a pheromone or a hormone or uh, I guess it's a pheromone that signals all the other ants to bite you. Yeah. Uh, and and bees I, bees are the same way. Yeah, bees I, do the same thing. And I think they they bite and then they all go in different directions so they can't. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like your military training, so you wouldn't all get slapped at the same place. Sir, did you have a question? Can we ask it on the air? Uh oh. Well, then here you talk to Calvin. Yeah. And we're gonna go take another call then. All right. Bert's on the line at 308-8867. Hi there, Bert. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I've just been being amused by all the ant comments. Have yeah. you got something good to say about the ants? Uh, just that when I was a kid, uh, well, I took entomology in uh, 4-H. And uh, oh. what I used to do is I would, when we had ant mounds in South, ant mounds, in southeastern Louisiana, I would take a shovel scoop of one mound and bring it to the other and leave a trail. There back. you go. And they would it would be the ultimate biological warfare. They go crazy killing each other. Oh yeah. And then my, then then they would then they would figure out what you're doing and they'd climb up that shovel handle oh, and and make do did, on you. 
They did the they did the pheromone thing. That's for sure. Up to my yeah. knees, because down oh, there yeah. I was in shorts all the time. Oh yeah. Uh-oh. I have a question about tomatoes because I've seen some pictures on a commercial production of people that just do only tomatoes. That they don't use trellises; they just put a vine runners on the ground. Is that just because it's labor less labor yeah. intensive and cost right. effective? Yeah, it's we labor. In- it's labor intensive. Uh, to- Rather, rather than using cages and having to deal with the cages when the crop is finished. Uh, or some some people use a, what they call a Florida string uh, or Texas string, depending on where you're doing it, where they put uh, stick poles between the, you know, every so often, and then run run string and let the let the tomatoes uh, basically rest on the string. Well, here it would be uh, all right to let them run the ground, right, because it's so dry. No, uh, well, yeah, it. They have a tendency to rot. Okay. Uh, you know, if you get into a rainy, rainy season. So uh, uh, now, when when they run out of cages or uh, don't do the string system, uh, they put them on the ground. But you you're gonna lose thirty percent, twenty five to thirty percent of of the tomatoes for rot. Depending on the rainfall that Because year. it's touching the ground, correct? Right. Any Anything that touches the ground is in trouble. Now, home, uh, gardeners, of course, home gardeners, of course, can use mulches around the tomato plants, and, and that keeps them out of direct contact my, with the soil. That was going to be my next question about drainage. If I didn't want to go through all that, because uh, I'm, I'm thinking this year I'm going to volunteer at a couple of community gardens. Okay. And that, you know, I just was like, all right, so what kind of mulch, uh, any any bark mulch? Yeah, bark mulch or, or uh, leaves, grass clippings. Live oak leaves work Live oak leaves will work. Uh, hay or decomposed hay. Straw. Straw. Yeah, that straw was my next, yeah, okay. But that's what I just wanted to check because if I'm going to do stuff with them like a couple days a week, and they don't have it, you know, because some of them are just it's all mostly volunteers, and it benefits the poor people in their community. I was right. just thinking, like, let's not make no expenses. So, although I got yeah. a good report on one <clears throat> product that I've loved for years, it's a little. Uh, well, they now make a four-stroke, but it was a little two-stroke tiller called a mantis, and I used to love. Oh that thing. yeah, yeah. So. They're they're easy to to, to handle around. Uh, and that, they do a good I think job. that was the I think that was the original which one? M- M- Mantis. Oh yeah, I've got one. Yeah, but yeah, I, now great. I have a now I have a steel. Oh yeah, and I steel I don't, is I don't use my I don't use my Mantis mine anymore Mantis anymore. Well, steel is that a two stroke? Yes. Yeah. yeah, they make a, they make a small mantis is what they do. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. It's a well, little uh, the advantage of the steel is are the tines are stronger, so you don't get as my, my mantis. I was always getting bent. Yeah. Tines and uh, the steel doesn't seem to have that issue. Can hit I'll the rocks. I have to look and, it up. I have to look up steel. I didn't know that they made them. Yeah, oh, they do. Yeah, it's a great great little piece of equipment. A little more expensive, but yeah, they are. It's, You're right. It's worth it. Thanks, and Bert. one good one good 
red ant report. That's what we called them in Louisiana, red ants. I don't know if they were yeah. fire ants or what the other guy called them. But I, I noticed the same thing, too. If they had a mound next to my vegetable garden, I didn't have a problem with grubs or, slow, you know, any. they took care of it. It was like the proper biological um, pesticide. There you go. Thank you for <laughs> calling in with that good report. All right, guys. Y'all have a great one. Did, did they ever sting you? Oh, yes. <laughs> but he didn't have grubs. Didn't have oh, yeah. yeah so. Now, one thing. What do you a, want? One, uh, this is not a good thing, but the fire ants will uh, uh, eat the okra. Yeah, oh, yeah. They'll cause the okra to go out of production because they eat the flowers. Hmm. Oh, I didn't. That's good to know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because hey, I love Bert. okra. All right. Uh, goodbye, y'all. You take care. All right. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Beth is on the line at 308-8867. Hey there, Beth. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Wonderful. I have What's going a question, on? A question probably for Calvin because I think he has a bigger space to work with at home. What do? How do I tidy up sweet autumn clematis? It's a vine that climbs up in the trees. I love it. But each year... New growth tops the old dead stuff from last year, you know, and I don't know how to get rid of the old dead mines that are up in the tree without hurting the new ones. I don't know how fast it grows if it were cut back, how far back it yeah, could can be you cut. Get, um, it starts. It starts completely new every spring, doesn't it? That's right. Say, yeah. But it's so, it's up in the up in the trees because the major trunk or vine is big as your thumb. Yeah, you know that gets is, up high away from the deer. Is that and, is that a lot? Is that stem alive? Oh or yeah, that's that's the main yeah. uh, okay. thing. The main uh, where everything. I've never comes heard from. of a clematis. No, I don't. Really I, like I, I, the clematis I'm familiar with is grown on a you grow on like a fence and it. Would die, yeah, like an annual, and then come back. Right, and they're well, relatively easy. You just pull everything off. Yeah. Pull everything. That's why I was worried about if that stem is still alive. Oh yeah. Then you have to kind of make a decision: is it time just to cut that stem and let it just deteriorate, like we used to do with the English ivy mm-hmm. every yeah. four or five years? Well, I, yeah, that's what I really didn't. I like where it's growing. Up in the tops, like in the canopy of some live oak limbs that are kind of uh, relatively you, low. But anyway, you, um, if I take the rake, pardon? What, what you can do is do that same kind of philosophy, though, is every two or three years you cut or you just cut a portion of those stems going up and just let them, let new ones come up from the, the ground. That way you kind of keep control of the plant. If you keep letting it add it more and more on top, although the, I, I think the top will freeze, but uh, well, but I don't I don't think you you need to try to pull them down. Well, that, that's what I didn't know whether I should just let it go. And one of the other names for that plant is Virgin's Bower, and the, a bower is sort of like um, a. It, Makes kind of a shade like like a cave. Arbor, yeah. Or an arbor, exactly. 
So I thought it does, it really does that with this layer and layer and layer of dead vines. How, anyway, how long have you had this plant? Oh, it's been there for years. Well, I have several of them around the yard that, that do that way. Oh, at least 10 years, this one particular one. The, and it blooms? Oh, yes. And about the middle of August, you get this wonderful, spicy fragrance all over the yard. And then you look up and you see these pretty white blooms up on top of this, these dead stems. You, you might. Um, some folks, I think, uh, enlist the help of a, a landscape crew once every five or six years to kind of get get it under control get up there in uh, the top like where the where the arbor part yeah yeah you just you know you this is this is the year so you they pull everything down except for designated stems yeah. and then they then you go another five years until you you think it's out of hand because yeah. that that way you get you get the benefit you know some if you have a really cold year you might not have so many stems yeah. to deal with. Well, it's where, really, where, where did you get where did you get that plant? Do you remember? Oh, it's it's a it's a popular old one from years ago. Vernon's Nursery over on Bandera, you, okay. or off of Bandera, used to have it all along their back fence, and it makes so many seeds with these little tails on them, you know, that fly all over everywhere. But it's it's really a beautiful autumn plant. It's not something new, Jerry. I've it, never heard of such a thing. It looks. Oh, to it, me, it has kind of a growth habit like that uh, sky flower, that blue the, sky flower. Well, uh, Thunbergia. Yeah, and, I know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, these, these flowers used to be on the, are in little, uh, on the botanical garden fence. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Every fall, you know. Well, the, these flowers basically have four petals, but then they have like the sepals kind of behind them, and it, they bloom in clusters. But the fragrance in August and September. Is what is so wonderful, you is know. Is it a huge area? How many? I mean, you talked about growing on trees. It's, is yeah, it well, I, feet? I, I have one and three quarter acres of property, three miles from the medical center. Anyway, yeah, and so I have just let them grow up, uh, you know, up into the trees there, and they're beautiful. Of course, they reach are reaching out for the light, and uh, you, the first no, thing you know, you smell that wonderful spicy fragrance and it's called sweet autumn clematis it's like clematis altissima or something like that anyway well it's, it sounds like uh oh that does it reseed a lot is it invasive well yes it is it it can be invasive the thing of it is out here where i am all the little plants that come up in places where I, you know on the ground the deer eat them. It's really they really love them. Oh, so, okay. So the deer, which is better than cat's claw. Yeah. Oh, cat's oh, claw heaven, is, uh, another one has heaven. beautiful flowers, but well, the deer I don't also, eat it. I also have one of those, and I'm trying to get rid of it little by little. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's only bloomed maybe twice, and I've had it for 15 years, and it's such a nuisance. And it wants to come in the house, you know. So. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Beth. Anyway, good luck, Beth. We got to okay. run. Okay, thank you. Bye. All right, we got to go to break. We'll come back in just a minute and talk to Lisa. Right after this on 9:30 a.m., this is the answer. 
It's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road, telling you about the second weekend of Millburgers' big anniversary celebration. What does that mean? It means for 39 years, Millburgers has been helping San Antonio gardeners find the plants, products, and professional advice they need to create a beautiful garden. This week at Millburgers, you'll find terrific savings to celebrate the anniversary. One of the things that's very, very popular is this week at Millburgers, you'll save on Myers lemon and Mexican lime in the 12-inch pot. Ready for this? Fifteen eighty-eight. That's a savings of sixty percent, one of the lowest prices you'll see anywhere on these terrific citrus. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Bougainvillea hanging baskets and Bougainvilleas. You'll save on Gold Star Esperanza and Bells of Fire. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Texas Autumn Sage. You'll save on Lantana, Impatience, and Texas Superstar Roses. That's all this week during the anniversary celebration at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, sixteen oh four on Boulevardy Road. Hugh Hewitt lays out the guidelines on getting a new health care bill passed. You can only pass this bill with Republican votes. Not one Democrat vote's going to happen. It's got to fit within reconciliation. It has to relate to taxes and spending, and it cannot make the deficit worse. There are a couple other, and it can't deal with Social Security. You can keep the bill as it is, but there are some changes you've got to do. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5, right before Mike Gallagher at 8 on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Dale Wamsley explains what happens when the government gets involved in your money. Cycles have normal restrictions upon them. And if it was a pure and open marketplace, you could count on cycles to keep us going in the right direction in a safe zone forever. But my friends, when the government gets in and gerrymanders the world, cycles are not pure. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, weeknights at 9 on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And now, a word from Bob Jenkins of Bob Jenkins Pest and Lawn Services. Hi, I'm Bob Jenkins of Bob Jenkins Pest and Lawn Services. And we at Bob Jenkins say safety is our first concern. As stewards of the environment, we believe in protecting the ecosystem by defending and protecting your home from pests and keeping your lawn healthy and weed-free. Wait a minute. I'm Bob Jenkins of Bob Jenkins Pest and Lawn Services, and we take pride in our customer service and have for over 30 years. It's no wonder we at Bob Jenkins have won the Super Service Award 10 years in a row. I'm sorry, but I'm Bob Jenkins of Bob Jenkins Pest and Lawn Services. When you call me, Bob Jenkins, we'll find and fix the problem you're having. If it's rodents, insects, stinging bugs, or if you need help killing weeds and bringing your lawn back to life. Call Bob Jenkins Pest and Lawn Services today and get $20 off your initial pest control service. And ask about the mosquito treatment special. 210-979-PEST. JenkinsPest.com. I'm Bob Jenkins, and I approve of this message. DeWitt Plant Fabrics are the number one choice of lawn care professionals and consumers. DeWitt's high-performance quality products save time and are environmentally safe for responsible homeowners. DeWitt Pro 5 Seed Barrier, the industry's best needle-punched polypropylene fabric designed for the homeowner who demands professional quality products. Pro 5 Weed Barrier conserves soil moisture, increases growth, and prevents unwanted weeds from germinating. Pro 5 is a non-chemical, environmentally sound form of weed control, allowing air, water, and nutrients to pass through, which equates to no use of chemicals to eliminate weeds. With this permeable landscape fabric, air passes through, preventing soil suffocation, and is sustainable to grow healthy plants. The needle punch material allows water and nutrients to slowly seep through while preventing all weeds from growing. It is the ideal product for weed control under rocks, mulch, and soil. Pro 5 Weed Barrier is available at Millburgers Nursery in many different sizes. Next time you're at Millburgers, ask for DeWitt Pro 5 Weed Barrier. 
from Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The answer, our phone number, 308-8867, 308-8867. And Lisa is on the line. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Good. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's the Lisa. Well, Lisa the was here Lisa. yesterday. I was. Lisa oh, was shopping really? at Millburgers yesterday. Oh, I, I didn't think you bought plants with tags. Well, I, I, I kind of suspected it was her because I was saw these name tags thrown on the ground. Oh, there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she just didn't like to buy things if you know the names. I know, with the names in there. <laughs> Poor Lisa. Well, I have a quick question about uh, St. Vincent Kiwi. I want to know if it works here. Kiwi? St. Vincent Kiwi. St. Vincent Kiwi. <laughs> oh, that clarifies it. Specifically, St. Vincent. Please prefer only to St. Vincent Kiwi in your answer. Is that the edible Kiwi you're talking about? Well, you know, it said, all it said on the tag was that it was that the name was deceiving because it was actually a female and that you actually needed a male to pollinate it if you wanted right. to grow fruit. Right. Okay, so that's the edible kiwi. Yeah, and it's a beautiful that, vine. I didn't. It didn't have any kiwi on it, but it's a beautiful vine that I think I would love because it's not just fuzzy on the leaf, but it was fuzzy on the branches and everything else. So. Yeah, they get big. That, they're, that's they're, exactly they're, what I want. They're like a grape. Good, but the problem the problem with with the kiwi is that uh, is that uh, you've got to have a they're dioecious okay. male and female plants male and female plants and uh, the problem is one of them freezes out in in the, in the winter I think it's the male I think you lose the male every year okay and, and so they won't have fruit. So Not that, even that, during the growing season. No, they won't set fruit because uh, there, there, there's no male there. Well, how do they reproduce? I mean, I don't think you have to have a male kiwi to to pollinate the female because they they gave me some kind of uh, alternative vine. They just said you needed a male vine. Right. So that was the other question. If you, if I can't find a male kiwi, what other vine would be susceptible to, to pollinating I, it? I, I don't think kiwis like to uh, cross pollinate, especially with different different uh, species. The the where the reason the reason that where where they grow kiwis, they have a, a moderate uh, temperature that mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't kill the males. Okay. Where do they grow kiwi? Australia, or is it New Zealand? New oh, Zealand. Australia too. Uh, and uh, California and places like that. They're they're, oh. they're developing a. Uh, they're they're supposed to be developing some. I know they've got some at uh, David Creech's got some at Stephen F. Austin, and he's actually had crops. Uh, uh, of the ones that they have uh, coal hardy kiwis that they've uh, developed in in uh, in, the, in the Carolinas. I can't remember if it's North Carolina or South Carolina, and uh, so they're tr- trying to find a hardy, you know, a, a hardy male basically. 
Okay, so if I just want to grow the vine for for the vine's sake, right, right, it will grow here. Oh yeah. Great. That's what I needed to know, man. They grow grow vigorously too. That's the idea. And and morning sun and afternoon shade. (laughs) Well, these were these were actually out in full sun. Yeah, I know. I was just messing with you. Do you, have any, do you want to weigh in on the fire ant situation? Yeah. Or just ant situation? I can, I can imagine that Lisa would love fire ants. Only Why? if they were encased where you could actually see them building their tunnels. Yeah. We're Always like the ant farms. Do you, have, uh, do you have fire ants that sting you periodically? No. No? Oh, wow. What do you do? I don't have I don't have any fire ants. Period. Okay. Huh? Well, you must be out in the garden. I am. <laughs> yeah, we can hear the birds chirping. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Lisa. I have, a, I have a landlord neighbor who hates plants and went with his chainsaw and cut all of my plants that I had as a border. So now I need to find something that will. Uh oh. Hey, Lisa, we're up against a break here. We got to go. Right. Say goodbye. Bye. All right, we're going to say goodbye. Thanks to Carlo doing a great job getting all your calls on oh, the air. And thanks over, to huh? you for listening. See you next week on Millburgers Gardening South Texas right here on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com. <laughs> 